0: Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia, the podcast for the young at heart and with a passion for the past. I'm Nolan, and beside me is Ben, and we're bringing all of our favorites and um, letting you guys reminisce through the days that we didn't live through, but maybe you know about and like to talk about it with us. Subscribe, rate, and share on Google Play and iTunes. Follow us and let us know what you think. And if you have any ideas or want to be a guest on the show Give us an email at youngnostalgia at tw- youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. And you can follow our blog and all of our podcast episode posts on Podbean at youngnostalgia.podbean.com. Without further ado, this episode, we're talking about all about the tech of the future and diving a little bit into the past and things that you know our generation or future um, generations just a little bit younger than us might not even know about. So, Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Nolan? Not too bad, big guy. So let's get started into this. Um, So we kind of picked through some articles and found some interesting uh, future tech that we'd like to do a little bit of a discussion based on. And so um, I know this has been a hot topic recently, especially with um, technology gaining speed and the ways of smartphones and all this, but like artificial, intelligent, personal assistants. And so we kind of listed a couple examples of like Siri, um, Amazon Echo, and even like the Tesla cars that are huge nowadays um, for being fully electronic, but actually knowing the driver and knowing the roads. So let's start off with Siri. I know you and I <laughs> are both iPhone guys, and uh, I don't think we'll no, ever go back, no but uh, what do you think about Siri and the way like, artificial intelligence is growing in this day and age?
1: Well, in my opinion, I, I never use Siri or any of that the uh, assist, personal assistant type stuff. Um, I don't really see it as necessary to my life. It seems like it's just as easy to find information myself or type something out myself rather than mess around and have to correct what Siri or whatever misheard me say. So, um, <laughs> I, I I just don't I don't see it being a really necessary aspect of life. And a lot of people like it because it's. It is. It's oh, it's the the newest technology, and you, just liking it for that factor it might not necessarily make their lives any easier. But just the fact that they have the newest technology, um, they like to use it, which is understandable. But uh, not really for me. How about you?
0: But, well, when you think about it in the way of um, being personal assistance or or getting to know you, I mean, the way I see Siri is that when your phone. You know, recognizes what you're about to type, auto corrects, and then knows what kind of websites you go to. I feel like that's Siri, where it gets tailored to the user you are on your phone or anything like that. Like, even if it tailors to your voice or just knows what way you go or what you're searching for, you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. all artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's true. In, in I, was, way of, I was looking um, at it in a pretty yeah. uh,
1: uh, tunnel vision uh, state just at the Siri itself. <laughs> you know, you hold the home button and you ask a question. And yeah, that's true. It does. Uh, I do take advantage of the the predictable typing kind of thing. Um, It helps me quite a bit because I'm such a terrible speller, and everyone who knows me knows that. So...
0: And then, um, <laughs> um, yeah, even in, our, even in our show notes, I'll have to like, backspace a few times, but I think we're both guilty of misspelling quite a bit. Um, but the Amazon Echo was a huge thing a few years ago when um, Amazon came out with it. It's pretty much just a big home assistant where you could be cleaning, doing dishes or doing something, listening to music, but you could have a casual conversation with somebody and not know the answer, and you could just like say, hey what's this and it can tell you the distance from where you are to the moon and back or you know right. something like that. Mm-hmm. So things that just have such high computing power but in a small little area just kind of blows me away.
1: It, the, the Amazon Echo stuff, re- it's not my cup of tea but it really is kind of amazing because not only do they have you know an indiv- individual unit that is uh, voice controlled, it'll come on when you ask it to come on all that stuff but it's also they sync up so if you have multiple throughout the house um, you know, it can hand off uh, room for, room to room, you can hand off stuff. Uh, so it's kind of a seamless transition to each device. And, you know, if you totally, even if you have one at home in your office, I mean, you can pretty much pick up where you left off, which that is pretty cool. And, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, feature, and the technology behind that is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine what's going to happen in the next 15, 20 years with that kind of technology being, you know, just a robot walking in the front door and you're just being, hey, man, what's up? Grab me a beer. Um, but inter- interesting, interesting stuff. Um, and then uh, just one last topic for this is about the Tesla cars. And you've kind of seen these things where, you know, that famous video of where this car predicted a crash about to happen and swerved out of the way and saved the driver and everyone in the car. Because people have been um, talking about and, and going towards this idea of, you know, self-driving cars that we don't even have to put our hands on the wheel. Yeah. So what do you think about that kind of aspect?
1: Well, I I mean, there's mm, – that's kind of hard. I mean, the te- the technology behind that, it, it's awesome that – I mean, it's it, it's amazing that we can make things that even do that. But – I still don't think I still don't think there is a good replacement for the human mind and the human reaction time and the human aspect of not just not necessarily just driving but anything. Um, computers and uh, you know these uh, predictive programs and all that stuff they have a, they have a good place in home electronics, that sort of thing. But I, I am not a huge fan of the auto-driving cars and the, like, uh, lane detection and the uh, collision detection and all that stuff. Um, there, There's obviously a ton of variables that go along with, you know, is it better than the, the human reaction and all that. Um, and that comes down to just basic driver training. And that, I mean, this we could go on that subject for forever. <laughs> um, and... I mean, so really my point is that I, I just, it would be pretty hard to convince me that, uh, the, a computer can make the same calculated decisions as a human, you know, but better. Um, Mm -hmm. I, there's, there's different priorities involved. There's different, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm having a hard time finding the right words, um, that there's the, the human, the, the intuition, the human, you know, gets to know the vehicle. The human can make, uh, yeah, instinct. the instinct. There's judgment calls involved where, you know, to a computer it might see this option as being the best overall option. But the human can pick up something else totally uh, that's the computer is oblivious to you know out of peripheral vision or anything like that and that would affect the judgment call and that might be totally on the subconscious level you might not even know what's happening but you know it's still part uh-huh. of the human decision making process that i just i just don't think you can beat at least not at this not at this time period
0: yeah I, I i totally agree with you in the way of the instinct that humans might have above the computers because i think really what comes down to the bottom line is the just the literalness that the computers would do running through the algorithms of things because humans like when, when we're in like a li- life or death situation i feel like we don't, we're don't we not thinking about it in literal terms it's more of just what we have to do to survive right
1: and that's as as computers they 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 think so much in when i say think and that's it's more of you know just you what you said an algorithm um but it's it's so cut and dry, black and white, this or this. And with humans, there's there's that wishy-washiness that, you know, I mean, it's might not be so good at times. But in certain situations, you might be able to um, weigh different outcomes differently. And it, that could, you know, it'd still take fractions of a second, whether it's conscious or subconscious. But I still think that's important um, in just basically daily decisions we we kind of strayed off the topic of just specifically driving in general um (laughs) but I mean it could come down to anything you know it's mowing the lawn or anything like that I mean there's there's constant decisions being made in your brain that I that are not black and white like a computer would see it Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah and then uh, I, I w- we could touch on the subject just a little bit, but we'll move on a little bit since we've kind of gone into the big bubble of, of what this is. <laughs> we could is, talk but, all day on this. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, an- another part of this, um, moving down the list, is like in- in autonomous robots with license to kill. So when you think about like a Terminator or, um, you know, like robotic soldiers out in the field, you know, th- they could have the same kind of thing where um, the human instinct, you know, might have a leg above an algorithm. So with like the um, we talk about the Aegis combat um, system on naval ships, they actually like automatically target and seek out, um, you know, submarines or enemies overseas that, you know, might have more precise ways to combat enemies. But when it's like boots on the ground, I feel like everything can go to hell like the Terminator (laughs) and all the AI and um, everything turns on the human race and then. We're back on our heels, but I guess that's another topic for another time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of
1: the backstory behind every sci-fi AI movie is that, you know, the AI was put in place to protect the humans, and then it finally realizes that the humans are the problem, and then that's pretty much the plot of every AI movie, so.
0: Well, we might just be a sci-fi podcast now. uh. (laughs) Looking that way. (laughs) But check this out. So something cool um, on on the other side of things that we're actually seeing um, come to fruition. Is is that a word? Yeah. (coughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Fruition is uh, like lab-grown organs or meat. Like, hear me out. So a big thing nowadays is actually 3D printing. Oh, yeah. Huge. And so there's actually an article out there. If you if you search this, they've already three D printed an ear that has electronic mechanisms mechanisms in it that can pick up like sound waves and distinguish certain sounds. So they've already three D printed this to be able to you know maybe help like hearing deficient humans or or things to replace to um, really combat deficiencies in us.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of you hear about three D printers all the time now you know just a couple years ago it was you know the only one i'd ever seen was in college you know it was the university's 3d printer and now they're all over you can buy them on ebay for a couple hundred <laughs> bucks and that kind of goes. I just remember that
0: day I came into your, <laughs> came into your room. He you had a 3D printed head of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I made a, I made a me bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry and, about that.
1: and you see him for everything now. They do plastics. There's 3D printing of metal. There's, uh, there's biological 3D printing like you were talking about. And I it's it's one of those things to where there's kind of a fine line of. You know where it's it, it's good and where it's is you know it's kind of like that the quote I can't even remember where it's from off the top of my head now it's the the uh, we always uh, we always thought that we could but we you know never stopped to think if we should or something like that you know what I'm talking <laughs> oh, about yeah, I probably sure butchered about. the heck out of that yeah um, <laughs> and
0: Confucius <laughs> say.
1: <laughs> yeah and so I. I appreciate the technology and I can totally appreciate, you know, the people that the technology like that helps. But I, I, am not so sure where I stand on, you know, that line between where technology comes into, uh, biology. And
0: Mm -hmm. it's like, we're almost crossing a thin line of knowing how to do it and then knowing how to understand it.
1: Right. And then, and then along with that is then you have to know, when you have to know where that line is like okay this is what we are okay doing and then this is what we are not okay doing because i mean uh, we can if we're able to do this now i mean who's to say in 10 years we totally can't just print a clone of something you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i'm not i don't want to turn this into like a conspiracy kind of show um or sound like a weird conspiracy nut, but I mean, just, I don't know if you think about it, I just, it, 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 I would, uh, that would be the obvious, you know, point down the road that, I mean, if we can do this now, obviously it would be possible at some point in time, whether it's five years from now or 20 years from now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, this is what we're doing now and that's all fine. But where is it going to lead to down the road? And is that going to be okay
0: yeah yeah I I totally get it and it's just so interesting to be able to like think about I mean you know we go 30 years back and we never even thought we'd have the phones that we do so maybe we're just thinking way ahead about this and maybe it's not that big of a deal and it might just turn out to be an everyday common thing
1: yeah I mean you never really know
0: who knows Who knows? I mean everyone at Uh, one point everyone thought Betamax
1: was going to be a thing so (laughs) oh
0: <laughs> 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 <Whew>. <laughs> oh god um anyway <laughs> we won't even touch on that because that's just ludicrous to even <laughs> think about um so one of our last like future texts that that we'd like to touch on is like the what we what we say is uh ocean quenching the world's thirst so um there's this kind of big thing how when water you know is evaporated and then precipitated down the concentration of salt water and fresh water is hugely out of balance because you know it could evaporate from salt water but then distribute to fresh water so it's like the fresh water that we drink is less outnumbered than the salt water so there's actually a desalination of salt water that actually like occurs now but this is on a global scale where we could continuously take salt out of regular water and be able to live on this planet on just any kind of water out there. Which would be super interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean that would, I mean that is huge. I mean there's there is tons of places in the world that are always hurting for water, and they're totally surrounded by water. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. salt. <laughs> it's salt water, so which is, that's got to be <laughs> it's, yeah. We can't that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Is to be just you know your crops are hurting, you're thirsty, you're I mean your animals need water, and you can see water every day. you can't imagine you know what your mindset you'd be i mean like (laughs) kind of ironic
0: but i mean this is a, a this is a step for everyone in the entire world to be able to do this
1: oh yeah yeah i mean all right big guy all right well uh to go along with your future technologies i've also got some modern antiques that uh, some of you <laughs> listeners may recognize and some uh, some listeners that are our age but they're just
0: uninformed may not recognize <laughs> or just younger younger generations that might not be able to to uh, relate with this kind of thing just because they didn't grow yeah, up that's, true, just that's kind of kind a
1: nicer way of saying that <laughs> 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 alright number one we got skate keys so I mean these things I mean used to be uh, they were <laughs> everywhere. I mean, uh, that was <laughs> back when, uh, shoes, there w- weren't really, you know, tennis shoes around or they weren't around a lot or they weren't around at all. I mean, uh, and, uh, in roller skates used to clamp to the hard leather soles of shoes. So there had to be a certain tool that was used to adjust the skates, to, uh, tighten the toe grips, to adjust the overall length of the skates, uh, in order to fit the wear shoes, because it was kind of a one size uni- fits all universal kind of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. and they had a convenient little slot in them to either you know put on a string around your neck, or you can lace it up in your shoe or something like that. And so that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, don't see those anymore. It's all of those the plastic um, roller skates now. You just Velcro or zip yeah, in. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean. <laughs> Probably one of the few households around here that has several skate keys laying around here. My, my brother actually has a pair of the old <laughs> skates that he used to ride around, and he had to, he had to get a skate key for him. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's move on. We've got another key. This is a church key. And might not be exactly what you think it is. Uh, a church key is essentially a bottle opener. Um some people people might have seen it. It's kind of a (laughs) two-ended bottle opener. Um, One side being uh, a pointy triangular shape and the other side being round. And the purpose of this was to open uh, soft drink and uh, beer cans that didn't have pull tabs on them. Before pull tabs and before the modern pop tops, uh, it was just flat. Totally sealed in. So you had to either punch a hole in the top of it or uh, the rounded side of the church key Uh, was used for opening bottle caps um, that, you know, pop or beer or anything used to come in as well. Um, (laughs) And so it's kind of interesting that it's called a (laughs) church key. And uh, the the name, from what I could see, was kind of derived from old-fashioned church keys that monks would carry around to open the church doors, as well as open the doors to the breweries where... uh, you know the the (laughs) beer was first brewed by the by uh monks in you know a long time ago and and so it's kind of where it uh came from and it's it's kind of a weird name you know you wouldn't exactly think of a bottle opener having anything to do with church
0: um (laughs) (laughs) that that's my favorite part where like the beer is associated with the monks yeah and so that's
1: (laughs) it's kind of interesting um there's also kind of another thing I found too on where the name could have possibly come from. It's also that uh, uh, the you know the people using church keys opening a lot of beer cans were less likely to open the church doors, you know, come Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, let's, all right. Let's move on to the next one. I've got the self-service <laughs> tube tester, and this is back when, and I mean even we still uh, remember the prominence of tube TVs.
0: Um, Oh my god, that weighed tw- like thir- well, <laughs> <Yeah>. 100 pounds
1: <laughs> I was like, I had to keep on upping it cause- Now, I- in our lifetimes we still never saw the TVs that were uh, controlled with vacuum tubes on the insides, now we have uh, modern uh, circuit boards and super small circuitry, even in the older tube TVs, but these self-service tube testers c- came around uh, when there was, if something was wrong with your TV, it was it was better to call a TV serviceman. And they uh, uh, most of the time, or a lot of the times, they would actually make house calls, and the TV guy would come in, you know, just kind of like a, a Maytag appliance serviceman or something like that. <laughs> and instead of, and and that was not cheap still. I mean, it was cheaper than buying a new TV, but it still wasn't cheap, so... These self-service tube testers started popping up in grocery store, drugstores, just kind of, you know, as a kind of a self-operated uh, kiosk. And what you would do is if you think you had a faulty vacuum tube in your TV, you'd pop it out and you'd take it into the drugstore. And you'd test it on this tube tester and it would tell you if it was good or bad. And then a lot of times, either as part of the whole unit or right next to it, they'd have a whole shelf of the various tubes used in TVs where you could just pick up a new one, take it home, and, Throw it in. Now your TV's is working per- perfectly again. That's
0: so awesome. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, oh I, mean I, I,
1: I remember like the big, you know, a lot of people really don't know the, the difference between the old TVs. They call them, oh, the TVs with the big backs, but they're really because it's a big tube. Um, yeah. But we still remember those, but that's way <laughs> before our time still with, you know, the the vacuum tubes. <laughs> That's
0: so it's so cool though. We gotta oh man, you guys need to look up these things. Like look up a self service tube <laughs> tester because this thing just looks so so interesting. They got a whole bunch of holes of different sizes and then you can put the different kind of tubes in there. <laughs> Um, and I'm not exactly sure like what it does to test it, but <laughs> it just looks so so funny. It's got those like retro colors that you yeah, think yeah. Of. They had and this is like there really was a
1: bunch <laughs> of them that had those weird, <laughs> re- uh, you know, very vibrant color schemes and stuff. And
0: <laughs> they're pretty cool. I'd love to have. <laughs> it one. was around that time because like there was big advertisements about like you don't need. Um, black and white tv anymore everything's in color like all on these <laughs> testers yeah i mean there's still i mean i would
1: assume they're put out by tv companies so i'm sure there's you know even if they're testing the tubes for your tv i'm sure they're still trying to sell you a new tv <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because why not <laughs> <laughs> all right all right, right. Next, we've got guys. photomat booths <laughs> and so, well, you know some people uh, still you can I can't remember if I've ever seen them around, but a lot of times in especially old uh, mall parking lots, uh, you, there's there's little tiny buildings, a lot of times kind of out in its own island in the parking lot or you know uh, closer to the main road. And they, for a little while, they got kind of repurposed into little kiosks selling stuff or providing some sort of service. But a lot of those originally were photo photomat booths, and that was that was really the whole concept of the twenty-four uh, hour photo developing. And you would just—that mm-hmm. yeah. was back when you had to bring in your film negatives, and you had to have someone else. If you didn't have your own dark room and weren't into photography, you had to bring in your negatives for someone else to develop, and so you'd roll up in your car and hand them off, and then you'd come back next day and pick them up.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is so, it's just so different from what we're used to. I mean, we can go to Walmart or Walgreens, put in a USB or even our phone, and we'll get fo- like photos within
1: half oh, an hour. Oh, not even that. My printer, I have my printer on the Internet at home. I can send them directly from my phone to the printer and not even be in the same room. Dang, I'm still old school. <laughs> yeah, you're old school, all right. <laughs> I mean it just shows you like it's Oh my gosh. It's just crazy how you know how much it's changed. Well I guess it, it's not really uh I mean there was really just one big change that that kinda I mean it's that kinda led to that. It was you know, once digital photography became the thing, then Yeah. Then the possibilities at that point are endless because you just have all your pictures saved, and there there is no negatives to develop. And even if you want more of the same picture, you just copy and paste it. You don't have to. uh, Yeah. You know. So that that was really what changed everything. You know. I mean, there's even even uh, after the (laughs) digital photography, you still take your pictures in and get them you know printed. But it's just somewhat minor uh, evolutions that have turned it into print them off at home.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and now the uh, old polaroid shake has become a dance move so <laughs> yeah
1: that's something <laughs> I stay away from <laughs> <laughs> Anyway uh, All right my last thing on the list is the milk chute <laughs> So <laughs> so this is something that was uh somewhat common in houses uh built prior to 1960 and it was basically a place where the milkman can drop off the milk and, you know, without having to drop it on a doorstep. It was just a more secure place of, you know, placing the milk. And he, the milkman could then be paid through the same, uh, mechanism without having to leave money out, which is a little sketchy, or wait at home and wait around for the milkman to pay him. And, uh, and so it was just, it was really just kind of a, uh, a evolution of just the you know the normal milkman principle. Um, it was just kind of a better way yeah. of doing it. You could put it. It was the the box would generally be mounted in the wall of the house, so it was you know the milk would not be out in the sun if if uh, for whatever reason no one could pick it up in time. Um, but I think you know something that's kind of you know bigger than just the whole milkshoot thing is just the fact that there were milkmen in general.
0: Yeah, I know. Which is (laughs) is so weird. I totally agree. It is. I mean, what do you think happened when, like, the time of the milkmen went away? Do you think they all became, like, U.S. postal carriers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know really what the job transition would be.
1: I mean, I guess it would be similar. (laughs) 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 I don't know. That that just seems so odd. And I I don't, I'm I'm not an expert, you know, I'm not a uh, milkman historian or anything. Um, <laughs> but I just think it, it, it's odd that <laughs> of all the things, you know, to have delivered every single day or whatever days <laughs> a week or whatever it was, you know, milk. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's fresh. It's uh, Yeah, I guess it would it's, be It's almost one of those fresh. modern convenient things back then.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with the... Uh, the pasteurizing wasn't as good, and so maybe it didn't last as long. I, I don't know. I guess well, if we lived in that time, it'd probably make a heck of a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you did. You you found something extremely funny. Oh oh <laughs> we oh. <laid> <laughs> Well, yeah, I also found
1: one more use for the milk chute that was somewhat common. (laughs) That uh, in the off chance one of the parents, or the parent, or the adult, or whatever the situation was, got locked out of the house, forgot their keys at work, (laughs) did whatever, it would be somewhat commonplace to send the smallest of the children in through the milk chute to go unlock the door. (laughs) <laughs> which i don't i mean i don't know how often that really happened um but i would like to think that it happened at least once a week because it's <laughs> yeah, just funny
0: yeah. well i mean i mean i'm sure that like you know, I have an older brother you're the older <laughs> brother in your family you'd probably just be like what the hell get over here i'm shutting yeah. you down it doesn't All right, matter time to fold like, you purposely up. lock yourself out <laughs> 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 oh my god oh <laughs> we'll end in this one on a high note. So yeah, we don't normally thing. do that. Um... <laughs> Oh boy! All right, so uh, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in and and bearing with us through this um, kind of new transition into the young nostalgia that we'd like to bring you every month um, of more of a rigid structure um, and and, and ways to just kind of brand the podcast and move us forward. So this episode is all about tech of the future and remember in the past of what used to be modern and um, kind of what we think is just geez that actually happened and those things <laughs> were around <laughs> but uh yeah we love this episode and, and let us know what you think rate subscribe and share on google play and itunes this is young nostalgia we come out with an episode every tuesday of the week and then feel free to follow us on podbean at young you'll find our blog and all of our posts on there as well on our Podbeam page, you'll find links to our Facebook and Twitter accounts. And then um, please let us know what you think. And then send us an email at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com if you'd like to give us a special shout-out or be a guest on a future episode. Anyway, we're super excited about next week. Our next episode is going to be all about the 1980s and the genre and style of music that it was the 80s. So we're super excited about that. Um, and, and some awesome things coming your way in September and we'd love to keep on giving to you all of our passion for Ben and I anyway Ben you got anything else big guy nope
1: all I gotta say is that next week's episode is gonna be pretty cool getting back to kind of where we began that's kind of what we based our first uh, opening episodes on so that'll be pretty cool
0: yeah super punk, man anyway as we always like to say here on Young Nostalgia keep the
1: bottles empty and the ashtrays full